0: Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
1: A one, two, one, two three, five. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the song A Room of Our Own, which is the sixth track on Billy Joel's eighth album entitled The Nylon Curtain, which Billy actually credits as his favorite album. The album was released June 28, 1982, peaked at number seven on the Billboard album charts. A Room of Our Own was released only as a B-side to Goodnight Saigon, which was released February 1983. It ranks, and our favorite 2015 Vulture, Christopher Bonanos. Ranking of 121 songs, Elon, what do you think?
0: I'm going to go with 71. You are so
1: off the mark. I don't know if you want to take another guess, or do you want me to just tell you? you are I'll, take I'll take one more guess.
0: I When you say I'm way off, I'm guessing this guy didn't put it in his top 20. So now I'm going to go the other direction and say um, he really hates this song, and I'm going to say 109.
1: 118. Holy moly. This is clearly his least favorite song. I, I don't even know because I don't like to check. I like to be surprised myself when I look it up. So I don't even know what his least favorite song is, but 118. And as a fan listing out of the top 100 Billy Joel songs that people like, it's ranked 99th. People hate this song. They have clearly ranked it as the worst song off the Nylon Curtain album itself. But I I don't understand it. I actually kind of like it.
0: I'm really surprised by that. I could see it being the worst song on the Nylon Curtain album. That could be the case. But it's a really strong album. And I can't believe this guy would think that only three Billy Joel songs are worse than this one.
1: I agree 100%. And, you know, 52nd Street, which as, as, as the making of this, as we're doing it in order is my least favorite song since we've started that. And that was Above This. And I really like this song. I think it's energetic. I know the tone is said to be very bitter and angry, but I think it's energetic and
0: fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Re- re-listening to it after all these years. Well, it's interesting that you say that because it does on the surface seem like one of his angry, bitter Billy Joel songs, which are my favorite Billy Joel songs. I love songs like Big Shot and My Life. And this song seems like it's that, except that the chorus then is kind of like he's saying, look, we're different. You do this, you do that. But it's okay." (laughs) And so that maybe makes a disconnect because it's supposed to be an angry song, but it's kind of uplifting, sort of fun, rocky music. And he seems like, okay with the situation. So it loses its bite.
1: In doing the uh, research for the song, somebody wrote, and I just thought this was a really funny thing. He said, this is the worst song ever. It's like a stand up comedy act. Hey, women and men are different. (laughs) you've got yoga i've got beer so uh this guy hated people just hate it he apparently plays it about twice a year live and the last time he played it was just before the shutdown at the garden so i think he likes it if he plays it twice a year you know if he didn't like it he i don't think he plays 52nd street very often so it seems like he enjoys playing
0: it you're right. I looked on setlist.fm and it's the 66th most played Billy Joel song in concert, which isn't bad. That's middle, you know, because he plays a lot of covers, too. It includes that. And so it's 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 in the mix. He plays it a couple times a year, like you said. I think those people who hate the song would probably say that because he played it on that last show in February 2020. This might have been the cause of the pandemic. <laughs> well, that, that that does all add up. But it is funny, that, that criticism that you mentioned, that it's like a bad stand-up comedy thing. Women are like this, men are like that. Because also, like, the things never really match up. Like, you like yoga, I like beer. Those aren't similar at all. It's not like they're one of them is a drink and the other one's a drink. They're just two different things.
1: No. And I remember, like, when I heard it growing up, I remember thinking the lyrics are not very Billy Joel-like. You know, he writes such much better lyrics. I think, you know, I loved this album. This album came out when I was in college and uh, I, I listened to it over and over again, cover to cover. But I, obviously I like the first side a lot better. You know, I bought it as an album and all the hits again, this is what he does. It's it's kind of funny. All the hits are on the, maybe that's what everybody used to do. All the hits are on the first side. And then the second side is more bitter and angry and all over the place.
0: Or Billy thought the second side had hits too. And he was just wrong. (laughs) <laughs> he seems to get it. He but certainly
1: think, gets it when he's playing it in concert. Like he knows I'm only going to play this song twice a year. People don't like it,
0: but he likes it when you watch him playing it live, like on YouTube, he really gets into it. It's one of those songs. He can really hit the piano hard. And I think he enjoys those kind of songs. You could tell he, he likes it. Um, yeah. It's not as It's not as poetic or it's not telling a story really, but it fits into the album. And this was an album he made to try to be a complete album. He called it like an FM radio album where you would listen from cover to cover. And so right before it, you have the song, She's Right on Time, which is kind of a love song. Then you have this song, which is about, look, we have our differences. Our marriage is sort of working. We have our own space. And then the next song, Surprises, is clearly about the marriage totally crumbling and betrayal by his first wife. And he got divorced basically right after this album came out. Right. And
1: again, you know, last time, one of the other songs we were talking about that he had management problems and all that stuff. Like, it just seems to every album... He always has management problems, and we know he's had a lot of those issues. But, yeah, this Nylon Curtain album in particular, I remember when I got, you know, after The Stranger, 52nd Street and Glass Houses were fun and young and good times. This, I remember the cover with him with the cup of coffee and the beard. I'm like, well, this is different. What a departure. It's quite a departure, as they say in Spinal Tap, from his other stuff, which it was.
0: Yeah, it's a big departure, and he said that this was influenced a lot by the Beatles and John Lennon because Lennon had just died in December of 1980, and right. he recorded this in starting in 81. And so a lot of the songs on this album have Beatles influences, and this song definitely does. It's sim- Parts of it are similar to the song She's a Woman, which is interesting because that's a McCartney song. And he has specifically said that this was very much a lennon influence thing, but you could see there's a lot of McCartney. Another Beatles influence I noticed was... If you listen to the organ that he plays after the chorus, after he says A Room of Our Own, there's like an organ thing. Uh, it's very similar to the organ after the chorus and I'm Looking Through You, which is another McCartney song. If you play that song around the 27 second mark, you'll hear it. it's, they, they have a very similar, I'm not a musicologist or anything, but to my untrained ear, they're similar.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that because when I was listening to the song again, and again, just you know, listening and concentrating on other things, there was the part in the song where he gets, I guess, just it's just before the chorus. It's all right. We're the same, even though we're alone. And I said to myself, boy, that that sounds so Beatles. And then in looking it up and what we were talking about, I noticed, oh, that was the plan because I just noticed it by listening to it. Like you said, by the untrained ear, I'm like, boy, that sounds exactly like and I didn't know it was what what was the Beatles song that you were talking about that. It's- well,
0: he, he's mentioned that she's
1: a woman. Wasn't She's influence. a woman. Right, right. And then when I listen to She's a Woman, I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly. And it's so noticeable. This is all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I noticed was there's a part of the song where he says, I can still remember packed together like a can of sardines. Which is very similar to "I Am the Walrus," the part where he goes "expert, expert, choking smokers." Oh, which is the 2:36 mark. in "I Am the Walrus" for our listeners who want to check it out. So that's a, that's a, that's a very clear. I think a lot of songs on the Nylon Curtain actually take from "I Am the Walrus." Scandinavian skies is mentioned usually as one that has influences of that song, and this song I think as well. When I was thinking when I heard that sound. I was thinking
1: of "Synchronicity" by The Police, which was also written around the same time they packed like lemons into shiny metal boxes. And I was thinking of sardines. I'm like, geez, everybody was using that bit. Sardines were
0: hot back then. (laughs) This was the early 80s. It was Reagan. People had money. They wanted to spend it on canned fish.
1: (laughs) Well, they were all talking about being packed in like sardines and all these legendary albums.
0: So Billy has also said that when he was recording this album, that Phil Ramone, the producer, remarked that he's sounding a lot like... John Lennon. And he said, I'm channeling John Lennon in the way I'm singing. And another song that is has elements in A Room of Our Own is the song Well, Well, Well from John Lennon's first solo album. There's a point in the song where he just keeps saying, well, 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 over and over again. And around the 225 mark of that song, it's similar to how Billy sings No, No, No at the 150 mark of A Room of Our Own. You can hear the lennon of that moment.
1: I guess that makes a lot of sense for somebody like Billy. who's was clearly influenced by the Beatles like everybody was when John Lennon died it would take its toll on a musician and they would be thinking about that when creating something around that time period
0: I was gonna say I think a lot of artists did do that I know Queen has had a John Lennon tribute song on their album that came out after he died um these weren't necessarily good songs but they were they were put out (laughs) right right oh by
1: the way I remember we were talking about this when we did a matter of trust there's a countdown in this one yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, does he have more? Do we know if he has other songs that have countdowns, or did we hit all the two and they're only in the A's?
0: That would be funny if all of a sudden, when we finish this whole podcast, after 121 episodes, there's like 90 countdowns, and we just assumed <laughs> that A Matter of Trust had the only one.
1: Yeah, we just, well, we, we you know, we're not familiar with this song as we are, certainly with the Matter of Trust.
0: Yeah, the countdown here is not, in A Matter of Trust, it's a big part of the song. and this one, it, it's there, and it actually sounds a lot like the countdown to Good Lovin', if you hear just the countdown, in my head, I always start hearing the song Good Lovin' and then this song starts playing instead. Yeah, he I guess he did countdown once in a while. Who doesn't like a good countdown?
1: Okay, let's get to our trivia this week where we try and stump each other on ridiculous trivia for an unknown song. These are tough ones, so I don't know where you're going today. Elon, do you want to start?
0: Sure. Uh, so yeah, my song, my um, my trivia question isn't, Totally related to this song, but it's tangentially related because this song had Beatles influences. It's a Beatles question. Which Beatle lived near Billy Joel on Long Island?
1: I'm going to say Paul McCartney. Mm. Wrong.
0: Really? Yeah, it was John Lennon. John Lennon had a house near Billy on the north shore of Long Island. And Lennon had talked about how he used to row his boat by Billy Joel's house and would think like, oh, I should go and say hi to Billy. And then Billy Joel, when he found out about that after Lennon died, said he had the same thoughts. He would ride his boat by Lennon's house and say, I wish I could meet John Lennon.
1: Well, who's really to blame there is Lennon. I mean, he should have stopped. You know, that's where you're always going to be okay. But Billy Joel stopping at Lennon's be like, you know, can I just get a little privacy?
0: Right. Lennon was the famous one, the more famous one, because he was the legend. Billy Joel was famous, obviously. But Lennon is the one who has to make that first move.
1: And of course, he's going to say privacy. (laughs) <laughs> but that, a pretentious I, I, prick. I would never have guessed that I thought for sure it was McCartney I I know McCartney goes to the Hamptons so I I thought for sure the answer was McCartney but I guess I should have thought it out and said he probably thinks I know it's McCartney because McCartney spends a lot of time in America I wouldn't have thought it would I never heard about John Lennon living on Long Island but I guess it would make sense that he had a place in Manhattan and a place on Long Island for the summer
0: well I will say uh you could also be right I'm sure that McCartney also has a house near Billy Joel in the Hamptons and Ringo probably has one out there too. But as far as this question, uh, I was just going for the Lennon answer. So uh, I, I I think if this was like jeopardy, you might've gotten, the judges might've credited you with a correct answer because they'd say, Oh yeah, actually McCartney lives uh, four miles down, down the road in Southampton."
1: Yeah. Maybe he even lives closer. We don't know, but uh, you know, what is satisfying is that all the Beatles made money and they're rich because it would be so depressing if they weren't. Well, except Pete best. He's not really a beetle i think they were named something else when they kicked him out right no they were the beatles oh they were well then it's sad okay here's mine okay which album did the nylon curtain lose to at the grammys
0: okay so this was the 1983 grammys yes uh, i'll give you a
1: i'll give you a multiple choice oh okay so, since uh, you know you weren't you probably don't even know these albums because you weren't born yet but they're all they're all unbelievable. And the amazing thing is that Billy Joel was nominated. Well, he won for 50 Seconds. I don't think he was nominated for The Stranger, which is odd. He won something, but not for Best Album, which is ridiculous. But uh, 52nd Street won, then he was nominated for Glass Houses, and then this one, and then nothing else after that. <laughs> uh, he was nominated maybe in other categories, but not Best Album. And these albums are pretty good. But the one that won, it's a little pathetic, but it's still really popular. So the choices are Toto, Toto 4, Donald Fagan, which I named my podcast after, The Nightfly. You know, I like that one. Yeah. John Cougar, American Fool, and Paul McCartney, Tug of War, one of my favorite albums at that point.
0: Oh, man. Okay, I would not have guessed any of these. So thank you for giving me the multiple. The
1: Paul McCartney Tug of War album is how actually the album that me and Sarah Silverman bonded when we first met because we both liked that album and no one else. We didn't know anybody else that did.
0: What song is on that album? What would I know off that album?
1: Good question. What is off that album? Oh, wait, it could be Ebony and Ivory. I think it's Ebony and Ivory. Oh, that's so eighties, but there was another good, there was a bunch oh, wait. I remember it was t- take it away. Take it away. Yeah.
0: Anyway, okay. uh, what do you think? All right. So my guess is going to be Toto.
1: That's completely correct. Yes. The Toto 4 album, which is still a staple, so we can't be angry because there's a, it's a fact that Rosanna and especially Africa are still huge songs. So I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to be okay that Billy Joel did not win that particular year, even though the fact that Toto won anything and they're still talked about is a miracle in itself.
0: Well, you know, Africa was the last song played at my wedding. For real? Yeah, for our friend group, that was like, whenever we were at a wedding, it would be like, that had to be the last song, and we'd all go crazy and sing it. So that was like the song we had played, final, the final song at our wedding. Do you realize Big that thing. if
1: we did a Toto A to Z podcast, we'd probably start with Africa, and then it would be all downhill? <laughs> yeah.
0: We'd pick up again and Hold the Line. We'd have a little a burst at, at H, and then down again, and then Rosanna, and then... <laughs> so, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but Weird Al Yankovic actually did a parody of A Room of Our Own. Is that right? Yeah, he did. It was called Make Room for a Scone. Hey, now. I see. Yeah, it was about like, you know, when you're at brunch and you eat way too much and then you see that they have these fresh scones and you're like, oh, man, I got to make room for a scone. So I, You know, I could actually I could sing you some of the no, song. I don't think that's necessary. You've got bacon and I've got ham. You've got locks and I've got two dozen clams. <laughs> You've got toast and honey. I've got fries. You got eggs, Benedict. I got fried rice. But it's all right. We may have regrets when we're home. It's all right. We all can make room for a scone. You know, what's funny is that I I just
1: had just gotten a text that the podcast has been canceled. But uh, the <laughs> funny thing is, uh, I love when you do that. So I, <laughs> I got a problem. I love song parodies like that. Who doesn't like Weird Al? You Be should work kid. for him. <laughs> well, I, quite frankly, Elon, if anybody, you know, if, if the people that enjoy this podcast, if they don't like the fact that we made a podcast out of the song A Room of Our Own, then... I don't know what else to bring anybody.
0: To hell with all of them.
1: <laughs> I think it's pretty cool, that I like your song parody. Is, I think I like it better than the actual song itself. So.
0: Well, uh, don't say it's mine. It's a Weird Al's. Uh, well, now, it's, now it's one of his hungry. biggest hits. I can't believe you're not aware of right, it. Right. I know. I can't believe it either. It must be on the compilation album. So that was A Room of Our Own. This has been the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. Tune in next time for more Billy Joel A to Z.